Hey everybody, Dave Hagen here. Why are we doing the same old thing year after year? We'll talk about that today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast, episode 438. We're coming to you today from Van Nuys, California, from Woodland Hills, California, and from San Diego, California. Now, before we get into the heart of this, let's look around and see who we have with us today. Hey, look, it's the Nickster. Hey, look, it's the Davester. <laughs> Nick, how you doing? You having a good day? Hey, I'll tell you what, Dave. It's sunny. I'm with my dog. I cannot be in a more happy place. There you go. San Diego, nice place to live. Nice place to live. Something else I wanted to talk about, you know, this um, episode is going to be uh, broadcast right about at the end of the year. So it's a good time to uh, look around. It's a good time to think about the past year. And then, of course, starting to formulate the plan for next year. We talked about this three weeks ago. We talked about this two weeks ago. I'm going to continue to talk about it through the end of the year because I think it's so critical that we look back, reflect, and, and plan for the continuing year. But as we're doing this, the question occurred to me, why do we continue to do the same damn thing year after year after year? And a couple stories I want you to think about. Um, here's a story from, I, I believe this is a Zig Ziglar story. And if you don't know who Zig Ziglar is, you ought to type that in um, and, and search that. Um, a great motivational speaker. He's an amazing human being and individual. He passed a number of years ago. But he talked about great common sense stuff. And I think it was his story that went like this. Um, there was a, a, a woman and her um, daughter and they were getting ready to cook a ham and they pulled out the pan and they put the ham in the, in the pan. And then the, and the mom cuts the short end off and puts it down inside the pan. And the daughter says, mom, why do you cut the short end off and put it in the pan? And she goes, well, I, I don't know. That's, that's the way my mom always did it. Let's ask her. So they, they, they call the, the grandmother and say, you know, why is it that you, that you taught us to cut the small end off the ham and put it um, in the pan. And she goes, I, I don't know. My mother's still living. She taught me how to do it. Uh, but she's in a nursing home. Why don't we give her a call? So they give her a call and they say, you know, uh, great grandmother, great, great grandmother, whatever it was. Why, do, why did you teach us? They're all on this conference call now. Why did you teach us to, uh, you know, cut the small end of the ham off and, and put it in the pan. Why, you know, why did you do that? What's the reasoning behind it? And she says, because my oven was too small to fit the whole ham. And the point of the story is, why do we continue to do stuff? Maybe because that's the way it's always been done. That doesn't mean we have to do it that way in the future. Here's another example. Um, you know, I always used to put a lot of toothpaste on my brush. Like, like a whole inch, you know, with a nice curve on both ends, just like you see in the ads. 
Well, if you read the, you know, if you read the tube of toothpaste or if you go on the internet, how much toothpaste do you really need when you brush your teeth? About the size of a pea. Well, why do we put this big old inch long strip on our toothbrush? Well, one, because we've kind of been told by marketing to do that, even though we know better. And two, because it's the way we've always done it. And that makes absolutely no sense. You have all this froth coming out of your mouth. Enough paste about the size of a pea will do it. But we continue to do it the other way. I do. I do. Another experience. Cell phone ringtones. This is one of the things that just drives me crazy. You get this stock set of um, cell phone ringtones that come with your phone. And they suck for the most part. They suck. Everybody picks one. They all sound like hell. If they go off in a meeting, it's embarrassing as all get out. A lot of them aren't professional at all. And it just takes some time to dig into the phone and find out a way to um, change that. The other day, I finally, finally, finally had enough. And I've been thinking about this for years. I finally said, all right, I'm going to take an hour to figure out how to buy a new ringtone and have a professional sounding ringtone on my phone. So I'm out on the internet and there's all these things you got to do. And they, I have an iPhone. So they want you to run it through iTunes and blah, 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 blah. And finally, I realized that there was a section in the, the setup of, of the um, iPhone um, iOS that allows you to buy some ringtones um, right there on the um, on the phone. And so I paid, I don't know, 99 cents, $1.29, a very nice kind of meditation gong when my phone rings. And for so many years, I was using all these shrill ringtones that would literally drive up my blood pressure when I would hear it ring, even if I was in the next room. And now when the gong goes off, it's almost calming. It's like, okay, I guess I have to answer the phone. But yet I kept doing it the other way. Why? I don't know. Maybe it was just, maybe it was just a habit. Maybe it was laziness to set aside the time, whatever it was. But I kept doing the same damn thing, even though it was driving me crazy. Another example, people continue to think that to invest, they need to know about um, and buy stocks. You don't have to know about stocks to invest. You need to know about ETF funds. You need to know about some basic stuff. And I had someone come into my office just this week. How do I, how do I start buying stock? You and I said, scratch, just put it in scratchers, Dave. No, don't, scratchers. Don't, don't, don't be starting with me, Nick. Don't be starting with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a roll, man. I don't, I don't push burgers off the grill when you're at work. Come on, come on. <laughs> and I had to say to this person that came in, I said, all you got to do, walk into a Schwab, walk into a Fidelity, walk into any of the houses, and all you got to say is, uh, I'd like to open an account, please, and put some money in it. Uh, do you have any places that I can put the money in? Yeah. Tell them you want a share of Tesla. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, what a hot deal it was. Tell them you want a share of Apple. Tell them you want a share of a, you know, um, an ETF that invests in you know, uh, the electronic um, uh, car industry, you know, the EV car industry or the, the, the electronic industry or the you know, foreign stocks or something like that. Whatever you think is going to be a good investment, it's as easy as that, but people are so afraid of that. I said, walk in, they've got people waiting to talk to you. And yet people still think that the only thing that they can invest in is stocks and that it's too 
too complicated. So, you know, I've got an interesting quote here, Tony Robbins, and, and Tony Robbins is someone who I thought always had something interesting to say over the years. He says, the past does not equal the future. And I think he's so right. Or another very intelligent person had something to say, insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Who said that, do you know? Nicholas Appel. Besides you, Nick, besides you. Someone, <laughs> someone who I'm, I'm looking at a picture of the dude and he, and he looks really quite a bit like you, um, Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein said that. I did not know that. Oh, is it, my know. is it my crazy hair? Yeah, I think it's your crazy hair. I'm looking at this picture of Al here um, um, on our, uh, our production notes. And, uh, you know, Albert Einstein had some really crazy hair. There would be some serious catching up to do there, Nick. But, you know, I think a, a lot of this is just habit. And, and habit formation is the process by... Uh, which our behavior through regular repetition becomes automatic or habitual. And there are certainly ways that we can address and deal with that. And certainly the first thing is realizing that it is a habit and that it has become habitual. In fact, that's the hardest thing to do. But once you do that, you're, you're halfway home. So um, why do the same old thing next year? Why perpetuate that habit? Now, Maybe you do want to perpetuate the habit if you really killed it this year, right? Don't don't kill the the goose that's laying the golden egg. Well, but, I mean, yeah, Dave. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, but why invest in a in a stock if it's doing good this year? Yeah, you don't know how it's going to do next year, but you need to evaluate that. I think on a on a a yearly basis, you know. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, yeah. what about? could be tangential, but what about crypto? What's crypto going to do next year? Don't start with me. Don't start with me. You know, <laughs> um, it's funny that you bring that up. Um, um, I'm working on a um, podcast right now um, called Don't Listen to Matt Damon. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know if you've seen that ad, but I've got things to say about that ad. Have you seen it? They play it during uh, sports? I, I haven't, no. Well, not now you're going to spend a week or so looking for that, but... We are going to do a podcast called Don't Listen to Matt Damon. And we'll talk about crypto and, and some of that other stuff that's, that's out there. So I love this time of year. I love the end of the year. It's an opportunity to take stock in what worked and what didn't. It's an opportunity to plan out next year with changes. I think it's a tremendously optimistic time of year. And, and for all those reasons, I love that. But you got to sit down, you got to think about it, you got to commit to writing, you got to think, why am I doing the same old thing? Unless I'm actually killing it, why am I continuing to do that? What financial ruts or, or habits are you, our listeners out there, stuck into? Which should be kept and which should be changed? What a great time of year. You know, Nick, I was thinking about um, habits and ruts and and that kind of stuff. And I remember back in the day, I, I, I had a job. It was um, actually a, uh, one of my first law jobs and it was okay. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to look around. And then I thought, you know, a, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. This job isn't that bad. Um, and I stayed. And looking back, I wish I had have, you know, been a little bit more outward looking. I wish I had to realize, hey, just showing up to the job every day is a habit. 
um, and a habit that needs to be broken. And, and I think that the millennial generation is thinks about that, the habit of just showing up to work a little bit differently. We recently, um, uh, or I, I heard of somebody recently who had been at a job for a couple of years and, and he just decided that, hey, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And just like walked out the door and it's like, well, what do you got lined up? And he said, well, nothing, maybe real estate, maybe something else. I mean, I'm hoping that uh, either he had some money saved up if he'd been listening to the podcast or maybe he was living in his parents' basement, I don't know. But to just walk out, I mean, back in the day, we didn't do that. We didn't do that until we had something else lined up. So well, I think millennials think about work differently. Well, Dave, I, I think it's an interesting notion. I mean, I live across the street from McDonald's and I see a banner. I, I'm gonna I'm looking at a banner right now and it says overnight shift workers $19 an hour and I'm thinking to myself why did I go to law school <laughs> <laughs> well because if you take the number of hours that you work and divide it by the salary that you get um you know $19 isn't too far away you know what like it's not a bad gig no I I, I mean like yeah like I, I'm not going to comment on the food however you know, $19 an hour, I personally think that's a livable wage. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it depends. At, at, at your stage of life, $19, you know, could, could get it done. Um, married couple, couple with kids, people with other responsibilities, no. But there, there is a very distinctive time and place in people's lives when $19 is going to get it done. But, but, I mean, this is the entry level. It's not the the manager well it, 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 it's the come on in we need workers but also i find this going on across the country from what yep. i see online yep. is that people they need workers yeah i saw something at i think it was subway and uh this is crazy but they were offering people a thousand dollar signing bonus if they came to work at the subway now they didn't just give them a thousand bucks because we all know if it was a thousand bucks, it'd be 700 net, right? Because you got to pay Uncle Sam and your government is your largest monthly expense. But, you know, a signing bonus for working at Subway, I mean, that's just interesting as all get out. So, Dave, does that mean that you'll get a, you know, a free foot long after each <laughs> after each shift? You know, I'm sure they've got a very generous policy in that regard. You know, um, I back in the day, back in the day, I worked at McDonald's. I don't talk about it a lot, but I guess now you, ne you never told me that I did. I did. It was a start. You know, I uh, uh, senior year, maybe junior year in high school. And, and um, I wanted to take up a new sport skiing. And I needed some money. And a friend said, hey, you can get a job, uh, you know, over at the McDonald's. And I did. I was, I was a French fry specialist. Those were the days. And what did it require for you to be a specialist? Well, you had to go through some, um, some very specific training on, you know, how not to, how to, how to melt the, the oil and how not to get it on you. And, you know, what was specific at that station, it was French fries, fillets, and, uh, Oh, apple pies or something. But, you know, 
I had to show up. I had to punch a clock. I had to deal with a, a group of people. It was, uh, um, it was a good first experience. In fact, that's where I learned how to count change. You know, there's a very specific way to count change where if you try to do the math in your head, you're a lost soul. Um, so I thought it was, you know, it was, it was a good worthwhile experience. Is it, is it a career? I mean, no, not for me. Um, not for most people, although there are, you know, managers and line managers and accountants and stuff um, over at those restaurants, but um, good starting experience, good starting experience. Then I, then I went and went way, way to school. Now, now, Dave, let me let me ask you this, because this has been a thought in my head ever since I was a waiter mm -hmm. or a server. Do you think every person should do one year in customer service just to see what it's like on the other end? Well, you know, given what we've heard the last year about people being so incredibly rude and ununderstanding um, about, you know, people that provide services that deal with the public. Yeah, maybe. I, I think it was a good experience for me. It was the beginning of my understanding of, of how to deal with people, how to, how to get people to do what, you know, I, I wanted them to do um, those kinds of things. So I, I think it was very beneficial. Well, very, it's not only that, but I, I feel like it leaves you more empathetic to the other people working on the other side. It's like, Hey, I've been there. I've done that. I know what yeah. it's like. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I don't think a lot of these jobs should be considered long-term situations. I mean, we had we had a couple people um, back when I was, you know, at 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 the the Golden Arches, who were full-time people, and they held, um, you know, the more central jobs at that location. Um, you know, they had managers, they had assistant managers, but one guy in particular. Um, you know, he was the main burger frying guy. And if that fell apart, the, the whole place fell apart. So they had a full-time guy and, um, I know he got paid more. I know he had a family. So they, you know, there was an income disparity there, but they needed to have that covered and they needed to have it covered well. So, um, you know, so that worked out for him, but for people to otherwise think that these are, you know, long-term career jobs, unless you're moving up into management, they're, they're not, these are, part-time experiential jobs. These are jobs for people that are, you know, transitioning from one life experience to another. Good jobs to have, but but shouldn't be considered, you know, like 20, 30 year career jobs. Seems to me. And well, if somebody, why not? <laughs> well, I mean, I because mean, of, you know, be, because of the, because of the income, be, because of the, um, people should, you know, you're not going to save a lot of money on $19 an hour. And people should move ahead. I'd like to see people making more. I'd like to see their incomes progress over the years um, and, and move it into other things. You know, I think well, that I, well, if, if somebody, if somebody's just been there for that many years, I think that they're just having the issue of, um, you know, doing the same damn thing. Well, I mean, Dave, I mean, the thing is, is that I'm on glassdoor.com and McDonald's managers are making $65,000 a year. Okay. That's, that's, that's a livable wage in Southern California, not, but um, in, in most <laughs> other parts of the country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, there, there's nothing wrong with that. It's good, honest work. It's a good place to be from. Um, but, but real long-term, I don't know. I guess it depends upon the person. If, if someone just wants to be able to check in and check out of work, 
um, and not think about it when they're not working, I, I guess. I guess. Well, 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 I guess that's where we differ because, you know, I, I, I'm the person who's like, you know what, do whatever job you can do to make the most amount of money. And you know what, if, if you are a manager at McDonald's for like, let's say two years, leverage that and go be a manager somewhere else. Well, that's what I think. That's what I think. Unless there's something very unique about that position that you like, you know, it's right next door to where you were. I don't know, whatever it is. But I always like to see people always having their eyes looking up the job scale, the responsibility scale, the income scale, um, you know, to do better and better. So that, uh, you know, uh, in theory, if you have kids and, and you, the next generation, your kids will live better than, than you lived and you live better than your, your parents' generation. I mean, that, that seems to me it's kind of the American way, each generation doing progressively better. And that's always been the case um, in the United States, except for perhaps this last um, generation. So, did you hear about that? Did, yeah. wait, did you hear about that? I, I did. That's a whole different podcast, (laughs) but for the first time ever, you know? So anyway, let's wrap it up a little bit. You know, it's the end of the year time to look around and evaluate. Don't do the same damn thing. Don't put the end of the ham in the pan just because great, great grandmother did. Don't put an inch of toothpaste on the brush because you've always done it. Don't have the same crappy shrill ringtone on your phone because you've always had it, or you just haven't set aside the change, the, the time to change it. Don't fail to invest just because you think that you got to buy stocks or you don't know where to buy them. The past does not equal the future. Thank you, Tony Robbins. Nick, thanks for hanging out. It's been an interesting conversation. Dave, it's always been a blast. All right, everybody. We're in the middle of the holiday season. We've got some holiday things to talk about next week. Tune in. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.